about. All right, autocracy and why we why it's expanding around the world. Let's go on with that. Yeah. So so autocracy. You know, the whole one of the short sighted pictures, like I just said, was is that you're relying on the fact that whoever is next is going to be able to run it as well as the last guy did. Right. And so that's one of the biggest failures of autocracy. And of course, that's what autocrats see as one of the biggest failures of democracy is, is that, you know, you have this, uh, you know, instability every X years because you're not certain if the next person's going to hack it. Right. Salam alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, shame on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if we could have figured out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, that didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. But here's the thing is, is that our society is used to the fact that every four years, there's going to be a, there's going to be some turnover. There's going to be mm-hmm. some change. And we're used to weathering that. Yeah. Whereas if Putin died tomorrow, if Putin doesn't have a successor that is as capable as Putin is, right. Russia is going to find themselves in a really fucking bad spot. Or yeah. they have somebody who's completely different from Putin who happens to be either great or terrible. And then, you know, branch that way. Right. Like Navalny, who, who, by the way, is right of Trump on almost every issue. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So, so here's, there's, the, here's the thing about autocracy, the pro thing about autocracy that they are saying that autocrats are saying about democracy. You can't get shit done when you have these forms of government where it takes so much red tape to accomplish anything. I am one man and what I say happens, happens. And I have the voice of the people. And if they want it, I should just be able to do it. And that cuts out a lot of red tape and a lot of people like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I get why people like that. I get why people like the ability to just say, you know what, fuck it. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. I mean, Mm -hmm. I like that. 
sometimes you have to make a decision, but the problem is, is, is that is the person who's making the decision actually good at making the decision? Exactly. Sometimes, you know, and this is where, you know, sometimes you have the best people around you who are giving you the best information available. Yes. And so based on that information, you go, okay, this is what we're doing. And I'm going to say, and that's what I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. But then you get people like, arguably Trump who's who don't listen to fucking anything Victor Orban right like these yeah weird, and yeah. then they're like you know this is this is what we're going to do and it's not based on anything in particular it's not right. based on policy it's not based on actual information it's Fuck, the last person it's not even based to. on reality sometimes it's the last person they talk to with the most money exactly and so that might work out for the person who had the money that you know they passed off on right but didn't work for fucking anybody else. Right. Because the more power you have in leadership, the less response you have to the people that are giving you that power. You isolate yourself so you no longer understand what the people want. It's mm -hmm. it's self-isolating. And by definition, it just can't work because you, you will know less of what the people want the less you deal with people. <laughs> right. So, so this whole issue of whether or not, you know, what, what, what does Russia look like after Putin? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if Russia is not thinking about that now, they need to be thinking about that yeah, because, because the people who keep voting in Putin, you know, whether, whether or not he's making it legitimately or not, I, I, I think he's legitimately going to keep winning elections. In terms of actual voting power, I, it's it's just that there's so much mass fraud in the in the Russian election system that it's just the it's just a reality of knowing that Putin has stabilized Russia more than it's been stabilized in the past forty years, sure. and so that stability is worth everything to them. And so I don't. I, I don't think he's losing the popular election by any stretch, but I certainly don't think it looks like the numbers that end up coming out. Right. No, I get it. And I want to say, I like having a representative that, that takes my voice to government and speaks for me. Like, mm -hmm. and I like that, that the house of representatives is a collection of people that represent us and have our voice. I just wish that person would talk to his constituents more. I wish he was walking around his district or her district or their district all the time and collecting responses and getting information. Because if you have a conservative district, I want you to go to Washington and I want you to represent those conservatives. You know what I mean? But if you, if you have a liberal district and you're trying to be a moderate and bring conservatism to it, like, um, maybe Joe Manchin is, you know, right. <laughs> You should be talking to your district because the people in West Virginia, not to segue too far, on everything polled, love the ideas that are being brought, the infrastructure, the voting rights issues. They love them. And Joe Manchin is playing partisan politics to try and get support from a group that isn't allowed to support him. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so... I just want representatives to represent the people. I think that's where the disconnect is. They started representing the money that was given to them and not the people that voted for them. They started representing the money that was given to them and they started representing themselves for the sound bites that they could collect. Right. You know, and that's, that's the biggest problem right now. Like our, 
our decision-making ability as people right now is based on whether or not we get enough information in a headline. Right. Which is absolutely wild. Like you think about it, name it, you know, a headline right now, the head and the headlines just keep getting more and more simplistic to, to put it as best as I can in order to win the average understanding of the average person. Yep. I know I title every episode and I, I know the interesting titles, you know, they get more Mm -hmm. listens than the uninteresting ones. Absolutely. And so, and so that's, that's the difficult part of it is, it's like, you know, for somebody like me who has a high level understanding of a lot of different subjects, it's just like, I need information. I need more than just a title in order for me to be able to decide anything, which is why, like, when I, like, even in, even scientific papers realm, like I see a great sensationalist title. And the moment I start digging into the data, I'm like, this is horseshit. Or it's nothing. Right. I just saw absolutely garbage. Matt Gates's college um whatever associates want him to step down and i was like okay but there was nothing to it he was a college guy in college and now they're saying he's still the same guy and he should step down and i want to say to everybody yes hi matt gates i'm in your district now (laughs) (laughs) yeah as soon as i get my license changed i'm gonna run for commissioner or representative why not right why not? Hey, you know that's one of the things we've talked about. Get involved mm-hmm. at your local level. That's right. So I love that. I wanted I wanted to come to this district specifically because um I, I supported this lady, Dr. Jennifer Zimmerman, against him in 2018, and Trump came in the night before the election and that kind of shifted things. And she's always been my hero. And I got here and I was like, I want Dr. Jennifer Zimmerman as my doctor. And they were like, she just does pediatrics. And I was like, damn. It's like, hi, I am child. I am child. I was like, she's my hero. Cause she's just this Filipino lady that had so much passion and just so much empathy and just, you know, that's what we mm-hmm. need. People that are willing to talk to the people in their district, you know? I mean, go Absolutely. if you're a representative, you have to go to homeless tent, like these homeless tent cities, and figure it out because that's the most vulnerable people. So anything you do to help them will help your whole community. You know. Well, I think that's one of the biggest problems with the way that the legislation, the legislative system works out right now is is that people get stuck in Washington for a long period of time yeah. and they make a couple of trips home, and, and that's they, just it. yeah. They, they, they're on the road to get donations, not to learn about people, you know? Exactly. So unless you actually start sitting down and really working with people, mm-hmm. you know, talking with people, figuring out what their, what their situation is, figuring out where you're going to, like, I don't expect Matt Gates or anybody, any particular rep to sit down and say, okay, we're going to get down and dirty in this and we're, we're going to study homelessness are you kidding if matt gates came to me saying hey i went and talked to a couple of homeless people and i think i know the solution i'm gonna laugh him out of the building just like (laughs) i would laugh any democrat out of the building who said the same shit so you actually have to spend some time walking and look at and look at and 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 understanding the people who are in the situation Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not something that you have you can reasonably expect a politician to do that's something i can reasonably expect i don't think so because think about it if somebody's only got a week to figure out homelessness because that's all the time that they get at home do you really think that that person is going to figure out a solution that actually works well again hr1 s1 will change all that it takes dark money out of politics and you're not going to have to run just to get you're not going to have to constantly run 
we need to bring our representatives back, not our senators, but our House of Representatives representatives. Mm -hmm. They represent us and they need to be more in tune with their district. It just has to be. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't disagree with you on that at all. Like people need like they need to be in tune with their district and and I reps need to be able to sit down and say, "Hey, I need, you know, a, a group of them need to get down, get down, get together and say, hey, we need to study homelessness in our districts. Yeah. We need to we need to actually start compiling some information here in order to figure this out, just like any any other problem. Yeah, I, I don't want politicians coming up with solutions for me because their solutions are tainted by money. They are tainted by yep. whoever is going to right. proffer the solution uh, is the problem. Right. You know, because great, you know, what if this, you know, the solution is let's, let's, let's just play, let's just play this game because fuck it. I love playing this game. So let's just, let's say that the solution is, you know, affordable housing, right? Mm, boom. Sounds great. Doesn't I love it? it. Yeah. Tell me, what does affordable look like? What is what is actually affordable housing look like? Who what is who is it affordable to? Is it affordable to the people? Is it affordable to the government? Okay, well the next question: <laughs> Who is going to be supplying the funds to these people, to mm -hmm. these companies? Are these companies actually going to be submitting in you know information that is going to be accurate enough to where you're not going to see financial waste? No, you're always going to see financial waste. Oh, that was adorable. So I don't disagree that affordable housing needs to be a focus. And affordable housing that allows people to have services centrally to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. Childcare, grocery, health. Like you have these opportunities to be able to house people centrally, to provide the things that they need centrally. So yep. that way <clears throat> you're not having to go 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes somewhere just to get your needs met. Right. I mean, that's the major concern for anybody that's living on the streets is where are you going to sleep? And mm -hmm. that takes up the majority <clears throat> of your time. And next is what are you going to eat? And the next is how are you going to take care of your metal, medical responsibilities to yourself? And mm -hmm. one of those is always failing. Either you don't have a place to live because you got food or you're in pain because you didn't go to the doctor because you needed your money for somewhere to be. Yeah. So, uh, so through all of that, through all of those issues, you still have this level of government involvement that is going to have some really shitty dark money with it. And the hmm. problem that you have, this is where, this is where I, I've spent a little bit of time thinking about this. This is where democracy fails because on one side, I could see people saying, yes, affordable housing. Now let's build it. Let's go. Let's do this. On the other side, I could sit down and hear someone say, you know what, let's let somebody else figure out how to build affordable housing. Mm -hmm. But in the end, the question is, is who is it actually affordable to? And how in, how in the end does it manage to stay up to date and paid for? Yeah. Who gets the contract like a private prison system for updating and maintaining that system? Like uh, the, the governor, the guy running for governor in California suggested that he's going to turn malls into um, multifamily dwellings like that, which was an idea we've had way back 
in mm-hmm. our discussions about homelessness is turning malls into that. And I think Take, taking empty buildings and actually yeah. turning them into right. places where you have centralized living and centralized facilities uh, yes. for any of your needs. A post to office me, that contains a bank account and a post office box, um, a general pharmacy, a grocery store with like vegetables. <laughs> like you could house that all in right. one. Right. A, a credit, like a credit union. So that way it's like yeah. you're, you know, any any number of solutions are possible. Mm-hmm. You know, that question of who's going to pay for it, like there's so much existing infrastructure that could be used. It just needs to be updated for that use. Yeah, and it's the policies and agendas in maintaining that stuff, the rules that the person maintaining it makes on the people that need it. That's that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the issues are. You know that you can be kicked out. But for some random reason that they just updated their policy about, you know, like, you right. can't, you know, and that's the issue is that when you have a large supply of people needing something, you weed them out with your policies. It's not all inclusive. And so mm-hmm. you, you're never going to have millions of instant home homes for you need 550,000 homes right now. You need mm-hmm. to house 550,000 people because that's how many people are homeless in America on a daily basis. You're never going to have that all at once. So there's always going to be a need for it, which means a demand. And so the supply, and so you raise you raise the restrictions on it. And that's the issue mm-hmm. with it. And we need, we need so much housing so fast and we can't get it. And that's, and that's just it is, is that, you know, I can already hear the arguments on the right. Well, if we're going to be supplying housing, look, nobody said that the housing that's going to be supplied is going to be anything that you actually want to stay in. I'm not saying design it like a prison. Right. I'm saying that, you know, it's not, it's not going to be the most desirable situation, but compared to sleeping under a fucking bridge, it's probably a lot better. Exactly. And, and and on top of that, you have you, having these systems in place, that's like, you know, for example, the whole issue of having prisons versus having private prisons. I shouldn't have to have private or for-profit prisons. The dem- I shouldn't have to have a demand for that. That's right. However, if I have a prison that has empty beds with it, I should be okay with that. And the same should go in terms of the ho- this housing idea is, is that by having this housing, I shouldn't ha- I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be creating a demand for it. Like right. I shouldn't be trying to figure out how to make people homeless. So that way they live in these situations. Exactly. But if I have these beds available, that's a better situation. It means we're fixing problems. Agreed. So to me, it's one of those things where there is there is a way to do it, whether it's locally, whether it's at the state level, whether it's at the federal level, even like this is one of those things where if you want to get people off of the system, you have to first give them a place to get themselves on their feet. Yep. Period. Agreed. End of story. Agreed. And if you're going to be paying for people that are going to be on the system, then it is incumbent upon you to figure out how to best figure out what is going to be the cheapest solution. Yes. I like the step stages of you're getting all this help. We're going to talk to you, give you everything you need, but we're going to step you. We're going to let you know a year from now, this is going to be the change. And this is going to be the change. And I want, I want it. 
in advance because it seems like every time there's a policy change, somebody on welfare is like, oh, guess what? Now you're not qualified. You're just getting dumped straight the fuck off. Right. Instead of a warning system, like a year from now, Mm -hmm. you're going to get 50% less. Oh, or, but, or but we're going to help train you. We're going to give you free training to upgrade your life as well. You know what I mean? Or actually, you know, sit down and, and figure out because, because individuals are so varied. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, here's your, here is the a la carte. You know, right now you're at, you get all of these things. Yes. Now that you've gotten yourself stabilized, one of these things is going to get removed. Which mm-hmm. one is it that you don't need? Which one are you capable of getting on your own? Exactly. By figuring, by allowing people to, to sit down and figure out what they are getting mm-hmm. and what they're able to do on their own and remove themselves, it's going to allow you to minimize the amount of waste in the system. Totally. Totally. And if they end up keeping the health insurance, you know, then that's fine. But eventually we have to get, we have to give them a step up and a step off without being like brutal about it and saying, this is a random deadline that you didn't. Jeffrey, I was trying to, I was trying to look at the poverty line because Mm -hmm. minimum wage seems to fall beyond below the poverty line. And there's this thing going on. I couldn't, I couldn't, my, my head couldn't even do it, Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many percentages and there's so many, the verbiage is just, it's incomplete in the, in what I was reading. I put it on Facebook, you know what I mean? And yeah, I, just, I was, I was, actually, I was looking at that earlier. I couldn't make sense of it. I honestly, I, I couldn't make sense of it at all. Let's see. Um, yeah, I was looking at what you had and it was kind of all over the place. So that was just Let's... copy paste. That wasn't me picking and choosing which lines of it to, that was just the bottom because it related to me and what I could earn and what I could have in savings. And it was like, what, what? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Like looking at, look, looking at the, the, the federal poverty line, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty interesting to say the least on, on what that measure looks like. And that's so a like, yearly change though. That's the thing. Yearly that changes. And I would expect that as, as, as inflation goes, mm-hmm. I would expect that to change. If it didn't change, that's how you're going to end up with, you know, more people falling below the poverty line every year. Right. But how do you, how do you calculate it when it's sometimes 130% of like, what's 130% of zero? So here, so basically the way that it works, if you've, if if you've ever looked up, uh, the health and human services poverty guideline. Mm -hmm. So for one person, uh, what they consider poverty is, uh, if you make $12,880 and below, right. Two people, 17, 420, three people, $21. Nope. This is just the, this is just the federal. Ah, Okay. So, so that's that's this is just like if you make this amount or lower you're considered in poverty like 26,000 for a family of four 20, right? 26 500 for a family of four okay so that's where this gets that's where this gets interesting is, is so that you know now they have all of these different calculations as to you know what is this level what is that level? Mm-hmm. why I'm not sure why they have all of these levels designed the way that they do, but, or whether or not they're even accurate. That's the other part. You know, the question is, what does, what does true poverty look like? Does true poverty look like I can't afford a house? 
Okay, right. well, what is the average rent for one person? You know, is it in a single bedroom house? Is it in a is it in a like multi-unit dwelling? Is it in, you know, mm. a and fucking where? room that you're renting? Yeah, exactly. Hawaii <clears throat> or Montana. Right. Because for example, like I mean, if you look at what I was paying just for a single bedroom apartment when I was I was paying 625 this was 10 years ago mm-hmm. multiply that times 12 $7500 a year that I'm paying on rent so at so at 12880 minus 7500 that leaves me $5380 to take care of other things that I might need right. so food let's say that food you're looking at what 400 bucks a month yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty generous if I'm a that's single. That's really good. That's about what I spend, yeah. So, so 400 bucks a month. So you're looking at 4,800, uh, let's see here, yeah, 400 times 12, 4,800. Yep. So now subtract out 4,800 for food. That leaves you with $580 for any other expense you might have. Prescriptions. Yeah, mine my prescriptions. So let's say that you're you're me, you're moderately healthy and you're only on mm-hmm. two prescriptions a year. My prescriptions cost me $240 a year. 340 Boom. left. Boom. Now, what else could you possibly need? Well, toilet paper? <laughs> well, we we figure that in gross in- insurance. Yeah. This is this is you don't own a car, you don't have to buy gas. You, okay. you don't have to buy, if you have to buy a bus pass, you're pretty much fucked. Right. And that's the thing is, is like. You, you know, still need renter's insurance, right? Still need renter's insurance. Mm. Luckily, my renter's insurance was like 150 bucks a year. Yeah. So now you're down to 190 bucks left over. And that's for a year. So divide that by 52. Oof. Right. Two and bucks a month. Two bucks a week. Two bucks a week you get to spend on yourself. Yeah, three bucks a week. And hope you don't need like a toothbrush or <laughs> or, or that you don't else. end up in the emergency room. Right. Or you need a couch or something breaks or Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally what it just what that means is that you have like it assumes you have no expenses whatsoever. Right. Right. And I and and twelve thousand dollars in West Virginia, you might be living like a king. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But twelve hundred dollars in Florida, you're you're homeless. So. Twelve hundred dollars in in Western Washington, you're homeless. Right. Exactly. Quite literally, I mean that's that's so. You know, even if even like for example, that King in Snohomish County, uh, I think it was 2016, said that if you were making below seventy-two thousand dollars as a family of four, you were considered in poverty. Mm. In King County, Seattle. Wow, that's a far cry above you know the the twenty-six uh, five hundred. Yep. That is that that they put at the federal level, and literally three times. <laughs> <laughs> like that's insane that's crazy it, it, it is and then you throw the percentages in of the 200 percent above you know and then the 130 percent above 100 percent above and it's just you don't know what category you fall like i actually there's a name in that that i i'm gonna send an email to she said if you have any questions or concerns contact this person and i started 
you know, drafting the email because I was like, this just, I'm, I'm pretty intelligent and I'm not grasping this because you're using words you haven't defined in real legitimate areas. Yeah. <laughs> you know right. I mean? And it's, so it's like, I can't remember what the word is. It's all the way at the bottom and it's like disregard or something disregarded. And you're like, what, what? It's just not in mm. English. It's not in English. And I think it's meant to be vague so that it, and that's what I'm, when, what I'm, when you say, I hate big government, this is what I'm referring to. I'll put mm -hmm. the link in the description portion. It's this language that somebody got paid $120,000 a year to generate, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. It's Dan so, saying that we need to speak down to the to the eighth grade level, right? Not, you were saying you, that. You, you need you, to you keep have it to speak simple. At, you have to speak at, not down. Let's, you know. Just, at, right. You at. have to speak at, you know, at the average understanding level of yes. the American public. There's just, there's no possible way to be able to speak to everybody when you read things at like mine and Dan's levels. It's just not exactly. possible. Exactly. No, I like get it. My and that's and that's just it. You know, the the average reading comprehension of an American is at an eighth grade level. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, I have. You know, the funny thing about it is, is that, you know, there there seems to be a lot of problems with that because number one, the media does a great job of sensationalizing things because of that. Mm -hmm. But number two. The media is sensationalizing it because it sells ads. Yeah. Um, but even then, you know, ask yourself the question, you know, what kind of reading comprehension level does the average person? Well, I, I think if you keep it at an eighth grade level, then you're going to reach the people that that are of your level as well. I mean, you're still going to understand it, but at some point it needs to be dumbed down for me. You know well, I mean? well, and here's the thing is, is that, you know, I don't expect everybody to have, you know, a master's degree comprehension of statistical analysis. I just don't. Right. I hope not. That's why we, or an undergrad level or, or even an undergrad level, mm -hmm. you know, high school, you know, I, the question of whether or not I should expect a, a high school average level is, is a great question. But when you look at what people do for a living, you know, if your job is not does not involve reading stuff every day other than some technical specs right you know is that really such a bad thing spring is in the air at littleton coin company and we want to help you brighten your collection visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15 percent off your purchase with a wide selection of coins paper money supplies and more littleton coin company has something for every collector's taste use promo code spring at littletoncoin.com for 15 percent off your purchase all month long restrictions apply littleton coin company serving collectors since 1945. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I would say there there are problems because there are so many nuances that get missed because you know you have to write it at an eighth grade level. Yeah. But at the same time, to expect the average person to be constantly reading stuff just I, it isn't reasonable as much as I hate to say that. I personally always suggest people read. Like wow, just, just read wow. stuff. Yeah. You know, find things that interest you. It doesn't have to be your career. Or if it is your career, great. Learn how mm-hmm. to read everything about what you do. Right. It'll help you in the long run, really. <clears throat> I happen to read a lot of different stuff. Like I'm constantly reading scientific articles. Yeah. It, just because, you know, number one, there's a lot of information coming out these days. Number yeah. two, there's a lot of crap coming out these days. Yeah. And that's one of the things that people don't understand is, is that there is a a scientific publication pipeline that's just the, for the sake of getting something out and whether or not it is actually based in, in actual sound science practices is a whole nother discussion. Yes. But let's get to that discussion. Here's some science. Can we, can we drag that pipeline and plug it into public access America so we can just get that science stuff coming in and start understanding it? You know what I mean? I mean, it would be nice. But then, you know, you still have to wade through what's bullshit. Of course, but at least you're basing it on some fact. Like, is this scientific theory reasonable instead of, you know, I don't even know. I don't even know what people are talking about these days. I lost Mm -hmm. my internet. I mean, I lost my cable, so I'm just on HBO Max. I have no idea what's going on. But you did say something. I saw on Twitter and this guy that keeps popping up in my feed said, you know, Trump supporters are a bunch of dickwads or something. And I told him, I was like, you have to understand why they got where they were and what's keeping them there and why they're falling for this and what we can do to create and begin to bring them back. You can't just sit there and craft insults for attention, which is what you said. And it made me think of that. We, we need oh, to yeah. realize that, you know, there's a reason why they believe in the authoritarianism of it all. It cuts out the red tape and it cuts out a lot of the bureaucracy and government that they see as wasteful, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's just it. It's like, I get it. Like, I get like the, the despite, like, I hate sending money that's just going to get wasted on things. Right. I really do. It's like, <clears throat> for example, I think in the. I think what they figured out is that, you know, in the first stimulus package, there's been a, there was approximately $40 billion when that was wasted. Wow. Like, ouch, man. Like that was, that was what they were looking at spending on hospitals to try and boost their ability to handle the pandemic. That is a lot of damn money that got wasted in bureaucracy and bullshit and, And and lost. And Democrats and Republicans and independents all have an issue with that very fact. The fact that there is so much waste and we want it gone. And Trump supporters and Bernie Sanders supporters and I don't John Kasich supporters all believe that. 
And mm-hmm. the goal is for politicians to divert you from that fact and say, no, it's about immigrants. No, it's about religion. No, it's about abortion. But it isn't. It's about the waste of spending in government. And that's why we're disillusioned with the process. You know <laughs> Exactly. You know, the idea that you can spend that much money and have that much waste is mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. Think about it. $40 billion out of $1 trillion. You know That's what that works at? That's 4%. That's a huge percent. Ouch. And so Republicans say, don't spend as much because we don't want to waste as much. And Democrats say, we need to spend more so that it reaches more people because there'll be more waste. Cut out the waste. Like, figure out the yeah and that's the problem is is that these two sides aren't talking to each other right now because right. there's more to be gained in sound bites than there is which is why like everybody yeah. is everybody that has been putting out sound bites on the whole joe biden and caputo <laughs> you know thing. i'm like shut the fuck up this is actually how it's supposed to work is is that exactly. you're supposed to have these two sides talking and having hard negotiations and the fact of the matter is is okay caputo and biden didn't get anywhere you had a bipartisan group of 10 senators, five mm. Republicans, five Democrats actually come together and figure out an infrastructure bill. <clears throat> Does that mean that it's done? No. Does that mean that the left or the right are going to support it? No. But does that mean you should really listen about where, what they agree on in that section? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you should get all the input you can before you draft a policy that's going to affect 330 million people. But it's so much more fun to get a soundbite of owning the libs. Of course, because or then owning the donations. O- owning the MAGA. And it's, it's all fucking showmanship bullshit. It's politics. Like, government legislating... Um, isn't politics getting elected is politics and we're, we're missing that we're seeing all of these political statements like you're saying for donations as legislation and that's not it at all a politician just just call it what it is it's owning the americans you're so busy fighting with each other that you're not actually getting things done to help out you know the americans that need it so in the end what you end up doing is you just fuck over your fellow countrymen well, yeah, because oh, I'm for women's rights and you're not a woman. I'm for black white rights, but you're not you're not black. Oh, I'm for immigrant rights, but you're not an immigrant. You you know we you can't be part of our cause. But we don't coalition build anymore, and that's a real issue with America is that I can't I can't coalition build with other people, and so I can only fight for my own rights, and that's really sad. BLM stopping violent police helps everybody. It disproportionately helps black and brown people, but it also helps me and keeps me safe. So it helps all of us, but I'm not allowed to be a part of that movement without delegitimizing it in some way, which is really weird to me. You know, and you think about it, like even in some of the more libertarian circles, we have a bunch of jokes about police violence. Like, you know, cops are like a box of chocolates. They'll kill your dog. (laughs) You know, and that's because it's an actual fucking stereotype. Yeah. You got some poor dog barking there because, hey, there's there's some random person in my household, in my space, and I need to keep my owner protected. And cop goes, yeet to your, your fucking dog. Yep. You know, that's that's. Yeah, you know, it it shouldn't be an issue that is partisan. That there's that there is significant, you know, po- you know, use right. of force on cops. 
that is problematic. This shouldn't yeah. be a, a this shouldn't be a you know thin blue line or you exactly. know a cab or whatever you want to yell. Like oh, I hate that. I'm I'm sorry, but that's not a personality type, and that's not a solution. Right. We just have to realize that if a, a portion of Americans are dealing with something, we need to resolve that because that will benefit all Americans. Homeless people, they take their toll on our, on our infrastructure. They cost money when they could be earning money. We need to fix it to better all of society, not just to help the homeless people. You know what I mean? And get it down to an, an, a net, a neutral cost you know, exactly. at a minimum. Yeah, for everything. Exactly. You know, yeah, you're going to have to spend some money, but if they can, in the end, you know, make something for themselves too that, you know, offsets mm -hmm. that, yeah. then hey, fantastic. We had you the transgender bathroom ban but guess what we was created gender neutral bathrooms that helps me as a blind person that helps me because now i'm not trying to stare at the woman's skirt on the sign trying to figure it out and you know how many times that door is open when my face is like one inch away from it <laughs> right exactly and of course you end up scaring the shit out of some poor lady who's just exactly. not expecting it's like no 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 i'm not a creeper i'm just blind right it's like <laughs> Give me a gender neutral bathroom that fits one person at a time. I'm great with that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Seriously. It's like, okay, great. Increased privacy for people who want to use a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, or you know what? Have a fucking bathroom bar. It's like urinals on one side, shitters on the other. Yeah. And then y'all walk out and wash your hands. Just, yeah. I don't care. Just fucking wash your hands. We're, we're constantly trying to, yes, please wash your hands. Like, <laughs> we're like, constantly trying to design these rules and policies for the dumbest people on the planet. You know what I mean? And, and surprisingly, they're also the most vocal. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's one of those things like who, you know, let's, let's, let's just agree that if I have to go to bathroom, go to the bathroom at Target, it's not because I'm like, mm, yes, bathroom time at Target. It's because it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't have a choice, and I have to walk in there. Right. Exactly. I was like, it was like, uh, I had to. Uh, Debbie and I had gone somewhere. Oh fuck, I forget what we decided. We had gone somewhere, and on our way back, we were we had stopped at a a rest stop, oh. or not a rest stop, but a. Uh, a quick stop in order to go to, I needed to go to the bathroom because I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my, uh, life. That's my life. Uh, and so I was like, fuck, all right. So I stop in there and I, I'm like, I need the keys to the, to the bathroom. And they're like, Oh, well the men's is taken. So here, use the women's it's, I mean, single toilet. Right. So it's like, okay, whatever. And of course everybody's like, Oh, you got the women's bathroom. So it should be, so it should be great. I mean, it was a fucking shark explosion in that bathroom. And I'm oh. like, nobody is going into these bathrooms because they're like, this is the best day of my life. Right. Yeah. Because when I'm looking at, you know, somebody making cave paintings out of their fucking shit on the wall, I'm totally into this. Yeah. Yeah. It gets you, it gets your rocks off. Right. Fuck. You know, and that's just it. This is like, uh, there are, and it's not, and that's the other issue is it's like, once again, you think that the symptom is the problem, but the problem is not the problem. That's not the right. problem. You know, you're like, oh, well, they're going to, you've got people who are going to be preying on innocent women and children. So your problem is with fucking creepers and pedophiles. Right. Not, 
and and you can't differentiate the difference between somebody who's trans and somebody who's a creep. They've they've done the same thing with with gay people, right? You know, if, if you know gay people are you know you got to keep your kids away from gay people. What so oh. they don't catch gay? Right. No, no, no. Because of what they do to kids. Um, you know that homosexuality and pedophilia are two different things, right? Right. But that's that's not something that gets talked about in those circles. Having grown up in them circles, I is know. A, this. Is that a fear that once a once a child, a male, sees a penis, they will instinctively want it, and we're trying to prevent that? Like, oh no, I saw my oh, priest's no. penis, and that didn't seem to do anything for me. No. 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 Okay. I saw my priest penis and didn't do anything. I never had a priest. I'm sorry. I can't go down. <laughs> I grew up Catholic and I never saw my priest's penis either. But 50 years old, Jeffrey, I've never seen a man's penis live. Never. Never seen. All right. Well, guess what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I've seen it in video, which no, is, you know, but. No. So the funniest thing is like the whole, like, Okay, this is this is a great topic. Debbie's not here, so I'm I'm only gonna get in trouble later. No, um, yeah, that's cool. Let's talk about dick pics for a second and why it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. So the funny thing is when when Debbie and I were, I think uh, it's a great idea. So let's let's do this. So so when I was when I was dating Debbie, like. I'm I'm the kind of person I have like the first time I ever got asked for a dick pic, I mm -hmm. sent a picture of Richard Nixon pointing at somebody. That's funny. It's just not that's just not who I am. Right. Mainly because it's the information age. Like I need somebody like sending a picture in later on with my smiling face, me holding my dick. No, it's like I get that's it. It's just one of those things. It's like, hey, if you got, you know, it's this is so. This is nothing about sex work. Sex work is actually work, mm -hmm. and I think it should be legalized. It's yeah, yeah. We're just talking about the guy that sends a dick pic to see if she's right, in. right. And and here's the thing is, is like, I'm not the kind of person who just like is like, hey, you want to know what would probably turn them on? Here's my dick. Mm. I think it's one of those things. It's like, if if someone wants a dick pic they need to you either need to be asked for a dick pic or you need to ask to send a dick pic consent people you consent need to come over important. and take a picture of my dick i'm not going to send it to you uh, <laughs> but that's me <laughs> brings a whole new meaning to the phrase take a picture it will last longer right oh here's, here's, <laughs> here's my theory on it is that a man's insecurity is his sexuality and mm -hmm. so I believe a man sends a dick pic because that's his biggest insecurity. He's fine mm. with a woman dismissing him for other things, but he wants her to dismiss his penis or not. Like mm -hmm. that's what he's worried about the woman judging him on. And so that's the first thing that he shows, you know what I mean? Just like right. a woman says on her profile, I'm an opinionated bitch. And that instantly tells me, Hey, that's what most men are turned off by. So that's what I am instantly. And you're right. <laughs> you know, and that's great. You know, the more information, the better. To me, mm -hmm. I, I refuse to send out that kind of stuff simply because it's like the information age. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, great. If, if a dick pic gets your, gets your rocks off, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Right. But I'm not going to be the person proffering said dick pic. 
Right. You're going to have to ask and you're going to have to really fucking hound me because that's just, it's one of those things like it's, it's for me, it's just that information, knowing the internet, the way that I do is always going to be out there, whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. And and that's one of those things that now people are finding this out in ways that they never really thought about when they were kids. Like you've got, yeah. You've got elementary school teachers getting fired because they filmed a porno once. Yeah. You know, you've got you've got kids who are stumbling upon their their parents' sex tapes or or finding out mom or dad did some things that, you know, yeah. they didn't really think that was why possible. Are you on OnlyFans, right? Exactly. And and here's the thing, is it's like to me, whatever, consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Debbie says you can't help who's going to beat it to you. And I think they're, you know, they're right about that. They are. But right at the same that. time, it's like, you know, we live in, unfortunately, we live in a society where that seems to dehumanize people who do sex work. Right. And it's really unfortunate because there really shouldn't be any shame about the human body doing the things that it does. Exactly. I had a friend. And I was like, you are so smart. Like, you should get into politics because you are just that smart. And she was like, I'm an, I'm an escort. Like, there's no way that's going to happen. And I was so sad because I thought to myself, we need that kind of representation. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. That perception. That's why nothing is changing about sex work is because we're not allowing, allowing sex workers to have a say in our representation. No. And that's, you know, and, and there's a history behind that. And the reason was, is because sex workers made a lot of money and it made a lot of men feel inferior. Of course it did. Of course. It and, and guess, men and are always making men feel inferior about everything because a woman can do anything a man can do. Just not quite with the brute force, maybe, but definitely with angles and levers. You know I don't, I, mean? I don't know about that because there's some great stories and videos out there of women lifting fucking engine blocks off of their kid. That's true. So, That's so, true. so, I mean, uh, there's, there's a mother's strength that is just unparalleled out there. And on average, 50% of women are stronger than I am and 50% are weaker. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, I, to me, it's one of those things. It's like, and that, and that goes into this weird whole segment of sports and whether women can play men's Ooh, sports and whether trans yeah. and whether trans women can even play sports at all. Cause I had a friend that was really on board with that and what he was saying was simply that you know uh, how do you regulate it and and it was this it was a great question that i couldn't answer like i couldn't answer Mm -hmm. i what my theory was if there's a boys league and a women's league why isn't there a international like a unisex league why a a co-ed league yeah yeah for everything like yes we should all be able to play we should all be able to play each other Uh, there is women that could kick michael jordan's ass you know what i mean venus williams will kick any man's ass so let's just do it let's just do uh unisex sports get it over with right and and so like one of my favorites was um when i was in high school and playing football there was a girl on one of the other teams and of course, everybody's like, oh, they're running out of players, so they need a girl. She fucking hit like a truck, dude. Hell yeah. and, it, and, and mistake number one for me was like, yeah, she's not going to be able to knock me over. Right. And I mean, she fucking leveled my ass. And I was like, okay, yeah. all right, let's play some football. And, right. and, and for the rest of the game, like, because I was a running back, 
it was like trying to figure out how I could either get past her or if I could, <laughs> I mean, my nickname was cannonball. I wasn't particularly fast, but I could go through anything. Right. And so like she hit like a fucking truck and it was awesome. Like to me, it's like one of those things where we need to start having the conversation about what sports actually looks like. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. You know, like the whole issue behind playing sports right now is just, it's such a fucking political mess anymore. It's not about actually playing sports. No, it's that's not why I was like, I was so excited. Like, you, you, like you started to see the rise of female kickers, yeah. you know, and, and the, the chance that some, that one of them is going to end up in the NFL. I'm like, great. Get me a female kicker. Get mm -hmm. me a female holder. Get me a female center. Get me a wide female receiver. lineman, wide receiver, running yeah. back. Yeah. Coach. Like, I guarantee you that there's probably a few women out there that are going to outrun some of those fucking dudes. That's what I'm saying. How hard, how hard does Odell Beckham or Tyler Lockett hit compared to anybody? You know what I mean? There, there's uh, Percy Harvin, right? The guys just that were kind of outrunners and not really, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. You I know, think, and I think women can do anything we can do. It's just, you can't post, you can't put, the best of the best against the best of the best but like soccer is is should be a unisex sport because it it is you're not hitting each other right and like right you could start there basketball i would love to see you i mean men basketball. and you know look you look at men and women's soccer you know here's my question is, is like you have rules like you can't just like straight up break away so fast you end up off sides right uh it's women don't play with a different sized ball. They don't play on a different sized field. Right. So if you're going to tell me that it's about stamina, I'm going to call bullshit. I've watched some of those games. They're fucking mm -hmm. fast. Yep. So the question is, is why isn't, why isn't soccer like a, a an international, you know, co-ed, why isn't there an international co-ed soccer, you know, league? I would I, are you that. kidding? I would fucking dig that a world cup yeah. of, of a world cup that has, you know, you have a set number of players and mm -hmm. you know, your, your, your makeup has to be 50, 50. Yeah. 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 I think it's great. You know, you're, or you have to have, you know, so many different people on your team. Like you can't have all men, you can't have all women, you can't, or, or whatever. I mean, that's yeah. unfortunately that's, there's people that are going to be more in tune with it than I am. Just let it mix and see how it goes, you know, make just it, in, you know, make it as inclusive as you can for, yeah. for the sport. I think it'd be fantastic Yeah. because I know some, I know some fantastic female soccer players that let's face it. If if you think, if, if I think that I'm going to go up against them and manage to do anything and I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, like the Olympics, you need to build special skills. And like, I'm going to say like a female gymnastic does gymnast does different things than a male, like with the pole vault and all that, you know, they have their special things. So I like that too. I like having that. Well, Jason, are, are you saying that you can't imagine yourself, you know, doing the splits and landing balls first on the mat? Ooh, right. Exactly. I'm not going to be doing that dance routine. And so there is specific skill sets that I like to see the individual sexes do. You know, I like the male gymnast as well as the female gymnast. I like this. I like, I was a gymnast or like I was in gymnastics. So I love it. Or like, know? like, like diving, for example. Okay. Why is, why is diving men's and women's? Yeah. Why is it? Why is You're it? You're diving why from is... the same board. Why same height, swimming? same pool depth. Yeah. 
are you judging the splash different because you think that a woman is smaller? Like, I don't know. I've seen some small divers, you know? Right. I've seen some small men, seen some small women. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things like, I, you know, hard to, like, I can't imagine trying to like some of these sports. I can't, I can't yeah. really have a great grasp of why they're split the way that they are. We take it to, we take every example to football and say, well, they're going to get hit, but every other sport, baseball, hockey, like, <laughs> my biggest problem with football right now, isn't the fact that, you know, women are going to get hit by men. My biggest problem with football is, is that there are so many people coming out with traumatic brain injuries yeah, that you, that's a problem that you actually have to solve. Yeah. So I don't care if it's men or women or trans people. Uh, I don't care if they're non-binary, gender fluid. I don't care. Like the brain injury part is real, and that's right. across everybody. And that's a problem that has to get solved. You've got you've got football lifelong football players who are taking their own lives, killing their spouses, beating yeah. their spouses. And they have so much brain damage from taking repeated hits. It's like that in and of itself is something that the system has to address. It's, it's, you know, it's like, I don't recommend women play football. The same reason I don't recommend men play football. It's like, if you want to have your brain intact, Mm -hmm. it's not the best sport to play right now. That's right. That's it's for everybody. Like that's my concern. But what I think is sad is the fact that like Florida just passed a law saying transgender people can't be in sports from high school through college. And like, you're definitely taking somebody's career opportunities away. And that's not fair at all. You know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't yeah. like Oh, it's, it's awful. And, and second of all, who is the state to take away what the university decides? Yeah, Exactly. The, like the that one is big on that telling businesses what they can and can't do in their business. That's, 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 that's pretty fucking comical for a group that says that businesses should be able to decide what they can and can't do. Right. As long as they're siding with them. <laughs> exactly. And that's, and that's, that's, the, that's just such horseshit. It's like, yeah. I, I personally don't think that these bands are healthy or helpful. Right. Um, when it comes to sports, I, I, I think that they're more harmful than they are good. Mm-hmm. It's like I get from an equality perspective that, you know, men have always gotten the pick of whatever they want to do. And then women had to fight to get the pick of what they wanted to do. Women of color had to get the pick of, you know, yeah. had to fight to get what they wanted to do. And the more exclusionary something is, the more problematic I see it as being. It's like, you totally. know, it's why I like skateboarding. I mean, you get to you got men and out. women who are skateboarding and you got, you know, yes. to me, it's like, to me, it's like, we've gotten to the point of segmenting and segregating people for whatever possible reason that we can, rather than mm-hmm. figuring out what inclusion looks like. Right. But skateboarding is a perfect analogy. It seems so like they'll help each other. I watch those videos all the time and it's mm-hmm. women and it's men. There's a two year old girl in a pink dress. There's a, 400 pound guy on a skateboard it doesn't really matter people just love skating you know and so to me like you know i think i think one of the things that we definitely have to look at is you know in terms of our sports is is that you know are we are we finding sports that are inclusive that are going to help foster that spirit of cooperation skating is a great one to me it's you know it's kind of like, it, it, for me, it's kind of like, go, you know, going to a metal show and being in the pit. Everybody in the pit is your brother. 
That's right. You make sure you hit them, but you make sure they they pick them back off too. Yeah. Yeah, and you're cheering on everybody. That's right. You know, that's just it. Is is that you know, we just don't stand for crowd killing dicks. That's all. Right. But when it comes you know? to sports, there's a tryout. Right. It's simple. Mm-hmm. You pass the tryout, or you get cut. And that mm-hmm. should be universal. Anybody should be able to try out for anything. Jeffrey, I should be able to go apply for your job. And mm-hmm. obviously they're going to be like, you're not qualified, but I had my shot at it. You know what I mean? Well, and, and for here, here's me, like as, as I'm in, in the application process right now for a promotion and, mm. and I told this story on somebody's Facebook wall and, and here's, here's how it goes. Um, when I was in high school at playing basketball, I played six quarters of basketball a night. Our JV team only had five people. <laughs> and so if you know anything about basketball, that meant that I had no subs right. whatsoever. So for four, so for four eight minute quarters, I was playing nonstop. And then I would play two full quarters of varsity after that. Nice. So I was playing six quarters of basketball a night and that's that legally, that was all I allowed. I was all, that was all I was allowed to play. Like I wasn't allowed to play more. <laughs> um, but one night I had a really fucking badass attack on the floor. We mm. couldn't catch a break to get down to our end of the floor. Mm. So I could get my inhaler. And so like I started fading and I, I knew that it was happening. And finally, as the play broke away from me, I, I went down. I couldn't breathe. Nothing. They stopped the game. Like I had to. I had to have some medical intervention in order to in order to start getting my lungs working again. Hmm. And I wasn't about to come off the floor because if I came off the floor, game I couldn't over. come back in because yeah. because of the rules. Yeah. Now there was nothing saying I had to come off the floor. So I stood there by my coach waiting for my lungs to come back to me, which meant that it was a five on four game. Right. That coach pulled one of his players and had him stand next to him until I, until I got my lungs back under me and I was ready to go. That's cool. So I shook the player's hand and I said, all right, let's go. And then we both ran in and we went back to playing five on five and after we won the game and there was something to be said, that coach had no reason to pull their, to pull his player right. uh, back and wait for me to regain my lungs. He had every, he had every reason and right to take advantage of that. Sure. But he didn't. And, and, you know, something he said stuck with me is, is that, you know, I'd rather win a fair fight. And that's, you know, and that's how I feel like when I apply for positions, if I don't get this promotion that I applied for, am I going to be bummed and upset? Yeah. But I would rather lose a fair fight than win a rigged competition. I think America needs to know that. That's that's what America needs to know is that we need to win fair fights. I would rather win a fair fight than than win a rigged competition. I'd rather lose, I would rather lose a fair fight than win a rigged competition. Me too. Me too. That's awesome. Because at least then, you know, like I'm going to come back stronger and I'm going to be pissed that I'm, and I'm going to do everything I can to improve myself. Right. I'm going to, I will come back at it harder than ever before. But 
if we don't get to this mindset of, you know, I deserve it, it's mine, mm-hmm. if we don't get away from that, you know, then we have these expectations that the competition should be rigged for us, for me. I, de- I, deserve, I deserve the first place trophy because I'm me, not because I did anything. Yeah. Right. It's like, I don't care who, it, it, as long as I lose a fair competition, I am good with it. Yeah. I, it, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate losing. So I'm going to be pissed off that I lost, sure. <laughs> but, but then that's incumbent upon me to actually do the work to get better and win the next one. Yeah. Or find something that you're going to be victorious at over time. But honestly, you need to fail at something to know that you want to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you just instantly succeed, it's what it, is it really worth anything then? You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're instantly great at a video game and never lose and never die, was that a good video game? You know what I mean? Right. You know, if if somebody else isn't handing your ass to you every once in a while, you know, yeah. how are you to judge whether or not you're any good? Exactly. And I think life is like a staircase, and I think that's what video games was built on the levels mm-hmm. you know like you can't expect to be great at level five until you complete level four and to do that you got to go through level one two and three and i think people are they see the top of the staircase and they're like there's the goal i want to be there and nothing that doesn't get them there instantly is worth it you know mm-hmm. what i mean we need to we need to enjoy the work of getting there because that's what life is you have so much time to do it you know Mm -hmm. you know and or if you're a competitive person you know enjoy the competition of it yeah yes because it's amazing to see somebody be so good at something whether you're the loser or the or the winner to see like a tom brady i can't imagine what it would be like to be on the field with tom brady or to be his coach even if you're losing just to see that that talent you know what i mean it's right something right you know and that's just it is is that it's always amazing when you when you get to stand you know and, and see someone who is just that fucking good right it really is you know yeah. and that was the thing is like you know there were a lot of questions about tom brady and whether or not he was actually that good he mm. went to tampa bay and then he won a super bowl so yep I mean, I was one of those people. I was like, yeah, Bilicic has got everything rigged, and, and I think it's garbage. Right. So what does Tom, you know, so Tom Brady shut everybody's mouth. He That's is cool. that good. He is that good. Russell Wilson is that good. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's there's a talent that I really love to watch, and I wouldn't, I, I'm glad somebody's winning it, but I just, I want everything to be equal. I think we'll wrap it up. Exactly. Back. Wait, exactly. What's, what's, what's a good streaming app to use? I lost Which, my cable, so now I need something that encompasses as much as possible. Oh, man. Um, I personally just use, like, I use Netflix. Like, that's, yeah. there's a lot on there. That's not everything. It just, I think it just depends on what you're, what you're trying to go for. I, I think gotcha. if you're just looking for general purpose, it's Netflix. If you're looking for a specific purpose, like for me in anime, I mean, there's, there's Funimation, there's Crunchyroll. Um, mm. those two are fantastic. Cool. I'll go with Crunchyroll then. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, HBO Max has a lot of anime, so I don't know if I need that, but i got to find something. So if anybody has any suggestions about a good streaming app, I'm all ears. Yeah, seriously. Like, I, I really wish that it, it, you could get more live TV for... Yeah. how much it costs though like youtube tv was great like for world cup i bought a month subscription just so i could watch the world cup 
okay, somebody suggested YouTube TV to me. But for me, like, I don't watch a whole lot of TV, so it wasn't, it's not worth it for me to keep it going for the cost that it is. Exactly. I like some news in my life, and you don't get live news on HBO Max or Netflix, you know? Um, Pluto TV is a free one. Um, Which one? If you've ever, Pluto TV. Okay. Um, cause, uh, so they show my Montana state Bobcats football games. So, nice. so I end up watching that. Um, plus they've got MST3K on there and all the, all this other fun stuff. It's, they got a lot, they got like a lot of classics that are, I would say that I would call them DRM free. Right. And then right. they got some news on there too. So. I like that. It was nice seeing you again, Jeffrey. Good to see you. (laughs) Give the family a hug. I'm glad everybody's vaccinated, and I will talk to you next Sunday. See you next Sunday. (laughs) Love you guys. Love you too. Um, There, now we're done streaming. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those. streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Twitter. Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Stitcher Stitcher Smart Radio. Radio. Public. And Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making.